Hello! This is Janie and Max from Sort of the Story, and we're here to tell you about some things that are happening between episodes 63 to 75. During these episodes, there are interspersed audio break-ins of a person's voice along with the sound of static. Uh, You'll also notice in the show notes for these episodes, there is sort of a puzzle. This is part of a longer puzzle that we did leading up to episode 76, so this is all supposed to be there. Nothing to worry about, just a fun game. Yeah, and we hope you have a lot of fun with it, and we hope you enjoy listening to these next couple of episodes. All right. Enjoy this one. It's a good one, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We say some really stupid shit in this. You're going to love it. (laughs) All right. Bye. Welcome to Sort of the Story. I'm Janie. And I'm Max. And that's Max. And, uh, oh, you know who that guy over there is? Who is is that? It's Janie. Wow. (laughs) And you're you. And you're you. As always. (laughs) (coughs) Welcome. Janie's dying. I have, like, lungs full of sawdust for some reason. (laughs) As if I worked long, hard hours at a sawdust factory this week. (laughs) Sawdust factory. (laughs) Welcome. This is a podcast where we tell each other stories, like fairy tales and folk tales and mythology. And we do that so in kind of a easy, cool guy, laid back, sexy demeanor. But it's not for kids because of how sexy it is. Yeah, we use swears. Uh, There is illicit content, so this podcast is not for kids. If you are a child, get on out of here. Go on. Go on. Go on. Get. uh, Go listen to something else. (laughs) I had... Like Coco Melon. Like the Coco Melon (laughs) podcast. I had a mortifying experience earlier this week where I got my hair cut and... (laughs) <laughs> and that's the end of the story. No, I was <laughs> I was just thinking about this this morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My hairdresser, I was like, you know, yeah, I've been, you know, we're really leaning into some really cool things on the podcast. I got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, so I've been working on that a little bit. He was like, oh, what's your podcast about? And I was like, oh, uh, my best friend and I tell each other stories like, um, like fairy tales. And he's like, oh, like bedtime stories. And I was like, no, they're like, um, I, I mean, I guess they are, but we don't no. tell them like that. And he was like, oh, do you do, like, dramatic reenactments? And I was like, no. Yeah. We, Sometimes uh, we are, sh- <laughs> we are shitty about them, is what we do. <laughs> we read them, we tell each other stories, and no. then we are... I'm sorry, you came home... ...shitty and funny about it, I guess. <laughs> Max came home and said, and said that this is what she said. She was like, I guess we're... <laughs> comedians about it and i was like max you need to work on the pitch if i the idea of ever calling myself a comedian literally makes my stomach flip over it makes me sick it makes me fucking sick you should never do it (laughs) listen i think comedians are actively out there with the intent to make people laugh i think you and i are out here being effortlessly sexy and funny (laughs) Just being the coolest kids around, yeah. and everyone wants to hang out with us and, and be our friends. if you want to laugh at that, that's your fucking problem. <laughs> Actually, you're the weird one. <laughs> um, no, but you get what I mean. It is yeah. like a... When you call yourself a comedian, it's because you are, A, getting paid to make people laugh, and nobody's paying us. No. Um, B, send us money in an email. <laughs> <laughs> Fax us a dollar. <laughs> Fax us some of our own Bitcoin. It's like 
That's their whole intent and purpose. You and I are just kind of hanging out in the office, and we have a, like a 1,500 of our closest friends <laughs> who like to <laughs> hang out with us in this office. And that's you nice. guys. That's nice. Yeah. We hit uh, 1,600 downloads last week, which oh. I think might be a first. Pretty goddamn exciting. Yeah. We started hitting close to that when we were doing the off topics. Yeah. So when we, we were doing releasing. two a week. And yeah. so people were downloading, obviously, a little bit more. But yeah, that's nice. Welcome to, if you're a new listener, hi, welcome. Welcome. What do you think? Is it good? <laughs> <laughs> Are we good? <laughs> if you do think we're good and you want to hang out with us in other places, we have a Discord, uh, which is very fun and cool. Also social channels on Instagram and uh, Twitter that I rarely update. And we have an email address, sort of the story at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email with $5 in it, I don't know how you would do that, but hey, that's your problem. Figure it out. <laughs> um, we also have a website, sort of the story.com, where you can find all of this information as well as our bookshop.org affiliate page and our Goodreads and, and our, a bunch of other cute and fun stuff. Yeah. And our episodes, our, the stories that we use, we have them listed out by location. If you're looking for like, I just want a story from Poland today. We actually have something that you can look up yeah. um like my grandmother is from samoa we have oh that. that was almost a bingo <laughs> it was almost a bingo but it wasn't I'm not gonna make it easy for you guys one of the bingo squares should be god we're obsessed with the bingo cards yeah <laughs> one of the bingo squares should be us asking people if they think we're cool <laughs> <laughs> what do you think <laughs> What do you, what do you think? Though? Do you <laughs> Send like us an this? email? Uh, give us five stars in an email, and also oh. on Spotify. And Before we even begin, rate and review this podcast. We're yeah. at fifty-four likes. On, I'm picking <laughs> hair off my microphone. I'm so sorry. I'm picking <laughs> hair off my microphone. I got distracted. Okay. Um, cool. Well, Max, you know what? We're going to record twice in one day today. Ooh, are we? This is earlier than we've ever recorded. So, um, and it's noon <laughs> we don't we're not noon people Mm-mm. we're night people night people like little night crawlers mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the theme song um so oh. you, you i think you're going first today mm, it's an even episode i am yes cool. well then let's i'm gonna do it do it to you do it don't do it to me <laughs> <laughs> i do not give you permission for that and uh, how dare you fair enough thank you for establishing a boundary <laughs> <laughs> okay um <laughs> This is bad. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, JD. Okay, Max. Uh, I got a story for you today. It's called The Geese and the Swans. Mm-hmm. Um, You're such an asshole. You are such an asshole. You did this on purpose. I picked this story out a week ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it has uh, recently come to my attention that I have developed for myself a unique opportunity to make fun of Jamie on the podcast, which I I've think, never done before. I think when they hear this story, they're going to be on my side. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching The Three Musketeers 2011 last night with our friends, uh, Lauren and Jordan. I thought you were going to say with our friend Logan Lorman and <laughs> Orlando <laughs> with our very Luke dear friends. and Christoph Waltz and Mia Jovovich. <laughs> We were watching it last night with our friends, and there is a scene where a woman is tied to the prow of an airship in the air. Yeah. Um, and Janie was like, oh, she must be so cold, which is true. She's wearing, like, you know, a, the corset and, like, the low bodice <laughs> and everything uh, tied to the prow of a ship. It's a whole thing. Uh, but um, Janie said, uh, it must be so cold for her. She's, like, the first bird in the Goose Patrol. <laughs> 
Here's the thing. <laughs> I want to talk faster than my brain can think. <laughs> and so oftentimes, I will start a sentence before I have all the words. And the word I was looking for was V formation. Like the first goose in a V formation, which is obviously the coldest goose. <laughs> but I couldn't remember that word. <laughs> so I said the first bird in the goose patrol. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sometimes I'm the first bird in the goose <laughs> And sometimes you're the last. So we sat there. Max and I lost our shit because I realized, oh my god, I can't remember that word still, so there's no way I can explain myself. And Max was like, what the fuck is a goose patrol? <laughs> and so we sat there, like, just silently, like, wheezing. You guys know the sound that we make. And our friend Lauren and Jordan, they're both sitting there, and they're both just dead quiet. And, like, three minutes passed, and Lauren finally goes, wait, what the? What's a goose patrol? <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Lauren sat there the whole time just thinking, like, <laughs> this must be an inside joke that they have about the goose patrol. Or Goose Patrol must be something. I know. <laughs> oh. I would like to point out, Lauren is also the one who, at her wedding, uh, her father, <laughs> her father was at her wedding. And I remember so vividly her father, at the end of the night when everybody's very drunk, taking off his shirt and he had a full back tattoo that said, don't tread on me. <laughs> <laughs> he had a full don't tread on me back tattoo and when i told her this at her house i was like oh that reminds me of your dad like with somebody with like a back tattoo and lauren didn't answer and i was like lauren that guy reminds me of your dad like acknowledge the fact that i've seen your dad's back tattoo please <laughs> <laughs> and lauren looked at me like what the fuck are you talking about because he doesn't have a back tattoo <laughs> Apparently, my gross mind dreamed that I had seen his full back. <laughs> what he had was a t-shirt that said, come and take it, which is also, I think, a little bit weird. But my brain was like, full back tattoo, don't tread on me. <laughs> T-shirts are skin, um, and that's the news. <laughs> uh, so, poor Lauren. She never she never reacts to anything that I do or say anymore, because I think she's over it. Yeah, we're just... We're just the wild cards, you know? Yeah, we're cool and sexy, right? <laughs> we bring the party. <laughs> so the story is called The Geese and Swans. I'm not going to tell you where it's from because it's a spoiler. Okay. So don't try and figure it out. Is it from Poland? No. <laughs> Sorry. The Wait, original... why would it be a spoiler? Oh, I know where it's from. Get out of here. Is it Lita? No. Okay, never mind. I don't know where it's from. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to tell you the book that it's from is what I mean. It's from Russia. Stop. Stop figuring it out. Stop figuring it out. I'm already in the book. <laughs> Go ahead. Once, there was an old man and a woman, and they had two children. They had a daughter who was, like, child-aged, and they had a son who was, like, a baby. Okay, so neither of them can listen to this podcast. Neither of them can listen to this podcast. Okay. Absolutely. And the mother and father, they went into town one day, and they said you know, daughter, look after your brother. We're going to go into town. And if you're very good, you know, we're going to go into town and work and we will bring you a bread roll. We'll sew you a dress and we'll buy you a handkerchief if you take care of your baby brother, which is nice. Yeah, that's a lot. That's good. That's yeah. classic babysitter fees. <laughs> a handkerchief. I would do it for a bread roll. <laughs> <laughs> and so the daughter is like, of course, I will take care of him. Uh, and the parents leave. 
The daughter immediately picks up her baby brother, sets him down under the window outside of the house in the Mm -hmm. grass, and runs out into the street and plays for hours. (laughs) Does not pay attention to her baby brother at all. Completely loses track of time. And when it gets towards dusk... No, I made that up. Okay. Later, she... It's Hong o'clock. <laughs> Guys, we've had a really rough week. <laughs> anyway, it's Honk O'Clock. Honk Attack for Honk Manity. Honk Attack for Horse Manity. <laughs> Later on, she realizes that, oh, she hasn't checked on her baby brother in a long time. And so she goes and looks, and there is a little baby-shaped dent in the grass, and oh. her baby brother is gone. <laughs> oh, no! So she runs around, she's calling his name, she doesn't hear anything, she runs all the way around town, and then she runs out into the fields behind their house and everything to see if maybe he wandered off somewhere. She gets out into the field and she's calling his name, she's panicking, she's running, and at the edge of the field is like the tree line of a forest, and as she comes out into the field, she sees, disappearing over the tree line, a flock of geese and swans Oh no! that are just flying away over the forest, and so she just catches the tail end of the goose patrol. (laughs) So she sees these geese and swans disappearing over the tree line, flying away, and she thinks to herself, geese and swans? I've heard about geese and swans. They steal babies. No! You know how they do. Do geese and swans also, do they often fly together? No. I feel like they're not friends. No. No, right? They're not. Okay. These ones are magical. Spoilers. Oh, they do steal babies. Yeah. Okay. These are these are magical <laughs> swan geese. In some stories, they're like a hybrid of swans and geese. In some stories, it's just swans and geese. It sounds a little bit like the lead up to the labyrinth, or Pan's Labyrinth, whichever one is different. No, the labyrinth with David Bowie. Yes. Yeah. On the Wikipedia page for this story, yeah. uh, one of the C also's is the film Labyrinth. Oh, go see the, the film Labyrinth. <laughs> go see it. <laughs> uh, yes, this is... Yeah, it's a similar arc. So, geese and swans disappear, and the sister starts running. She's booking it for the tree line. And as she gets close to the tree line, uh, chasing these geese and swans, she runs headlong, just knocks herself over on a stove that's sitting (laughs) outside. And she's like, stove, did you see which way the geese and swans went with my baby brother? (laughs) What? And the stove says... Eat my rye pastry, and I'll tell you. Fuck. <laughs> I don't... I, I I have no idea where this story is going <laughs> from one moment to the next. No. She runs into the stove, and she says, where's my baby brother? And the stove says, eat my rye pastry, and I will tell you. Jesus. And the girl says, oh, in my dad's house, we don't even have wheat pastries. Oh, um, it's not really explained what she means by this. I think it's like, eat my nasty pastry. And she's like, I don't even eat good pastries. Oh, okay. I'm a healthy girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gluten-free right now. <laughs> but thank you. Um, and so she continues running in the direction that she saw the geese and swans disappearing into. It's a little bit like Alice in Wonderland, too. It is. She continues running, uh, and she keeps just catching, like, the tail end of the goose patrol as it disappears <laughs> into the sky. Um, and she's running and running to keep up. Must I bear this cross forever? <laughs> Listen, 
Yeah. I'm really excited to see Tail End of the Goose Patrol show up on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what's it like? Oh, God, what's that thing that they say about the mob where it's like you can never, you're never really out? That, but for the Goose Patrol. <laughs> you can... You can check in anytime you like, but you can never leave. You can check out the mob. (laughs) No, you can never check out. You can check in anytime you like. No, you can check out, but you can't leave. You can check in, but you can't leave. Checking out is leaving. No, you can check in, and then you can check out. You can sign your name, say goodbye, and then you walk out, and then you're back in the Hotel California. You can check in anytime you can check you out like. anytime. I swear to God, it, you can check out anytime you want. Is but that you can never real? Leave. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's saying like, yeah, you can try and leave. You can tell us you're leaving. You can do all of that, but you're not going to get out of here. I don't think that's. Well, just pause it. Just pause it. We're and we'll pause the lyrics. <laughs> all right, the lyrics for mm-hmm. Hotel California. Okay, written by Don Henley and Glenn Lewis Frey. Rob Reiner and Glay Howard. (laughs) The final verse. Uh Last thing I remember, I was running for the door. I had to find the passage back to the place I was before. This rhymes. Relax, said the nightman. We are programmed to receive. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. I don't think that makes sense. No, because he's already checked in, so it wouldn't make sense for it to be like, you can check in anytime you like. It is an hour to hour motel. <laughs> you can check in anytime. No, you can no only matter check what. in but after 3 p.m. when they've had time to clean the rooms. We don't clean the rooms. We are <laughs> robots programmed to check people in. <laughs> Listen, you it's saying like you can check out, but okay. you can't leave. Well, I think that's You'll wrong. just be checked out, but you'll <laughs> still be stuck in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What I'm saying is that the Goose Patrol is a lot like the Hotel California <laughs> in that you can never leave. <laughs> you can't switch positions. What? Sometimes you're the first bird in a Goose Patrol, and sometimes you're the last bird in a Goose Patrol. And that's showbiz. And that's showbiz, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Yes. The Goose Patrol. <laughs> Um, so she sees just the tail end of the Goose Patrol mm-hmm. disappearing over the trees. She's running, she's running, um, and she loses sight of them for a second. Okay. Um, and she's looking around, and she runs into an apple tree. Mm. And she says, apple tree, did you say which way the geese and swans went with my baby brother? Mm-hmm. And the apple tree says, eat my wild apples, and I'll tell you. <laughs> How do you eat these apples, you bitch? I these apples! <laughs> And she says, oh, in my father's house, we don't even eat orchard apples. So she's like, I don't even like apples, much less your nasty ones. (laughs) Uh, And so she keeps running on. um, And the apple tree doesn't tell her where the geese and swans are. So as she's running, she loses track of the geese and swans. They disappear in the sky ahead of her. Um, They're obscured by the trees. And so she just keeps running in the direction that they were going and just praying, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And as she's running, she comes to a river. And you might be thinking, I know what a river looks like. Classic river. Water, mud. Wrong. Ah, This is a big old toad in it. (laughs) Uh, This is a river of milk. And the banks of the river, the river banks, instead of being dirt, are custard. Ew! Ew! (laughs) Custard. <laughs> so she runs to this Milk River and she says, Milk River, Custard Banks, have you seen which way the geese and swans went with my little brother? And they were like... That's what they said. <laughs> I wish they hadn't. <laughs> well, they're custard. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to squelch. Squelch. That sounds remarkably similar to the kissing sound that you made a couple of episodes ago. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they're making out. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so she says, Milk River, Custard Banks. Have you seen which way the, the geese and the swans went? And the Milk River with Custard Banks says to her, <coughs> eat some of my simple custard with milk and I'll tell you. <laughs> it's just simple custard. Just nothing simple, fancy. regular custard didn't do nothing to it. Nothing weird in it. And there's also, this isn't sexual, so you stop worrying. <laughs> <laughs> just slurp it up. Just slurp it up. <laughs> Um, and she says, no, and also I don't believe you, that definitely sounds sexual. Uh, at my dad's, we don't even have cream. And so she keeps running. At my dad's house, we are starving. <laughs> you think I'm going to break my fast for you, you dirty custard bank? <laughs> you nasty old milk river? <laughs> so she keeps running, and she is running through the forest, and at this point, she is, like, she's not sure she's going in the right direction. She hasn't seen the geese and swans for a little while. She's panicking. She's like, just running through the forest wildly. She's trying to maintain the direction that she was going, but she's not even sure that she's, you know... And she's basically lost in the woods at this point. And she would have remained so, if not for the fact that she stumbled upon a hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A little hedgehog. Not evil, like, Hans. No, a regular... Just a... Okay. A nice little hedgehog. Then we've Don't been tricked before, that. okay? We have been tricked before. We thought Hans was nice, too. <laughs> no. Guys, go listen to Hans the Hedgehog. It's uh, horrifying. It's Hans... Oh, my dark... It's Hans-tacular. No. <laughs> it's uh, My Dark Hedgehog Academia. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good one. So she comes across this hedgehog and she's like, I really want to pet this hedgehog, but I won't because it, it, he'll poke me because um, <laughs> he's a hedgehog. Uh, and that's an active choice that she makes throughout the course of the story. She comes ac- across a hedgehog and makes the choice, no, I'm not going to pet him, but I really want to. Uh, and she says to the hedgehog, hedgehog, have you seen... A bunch of swans and geese carrying a little boy. Like, which direction did they go? And the hedgehog says, well, I'll tell you. But first, you have to eat my ass. Ah, we were fooled. Uh, he is a shitty little hedgehog. <laughs> no, he uh, he does not say that. Uh, he says, yes, I have seen them. They went that way. And she says, okay, thank you. And then she proceeds in that direction. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um. Before I go, can I eat your ass? <laughs> what, as a thank you. <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> um, so she continues on in the direction the hedgehog indicates to her. And she runs through the forest. And finally she reaches a clearing. And in the clearing is a little hut. Okay. On chicken legs. Oh, there she is. <laughs> oh, no. There she is. Here she comes. It's the Here Baba Yaga. Here she comes. She's Baba Yaga. <laughs> That's her theme song. Um, Max, when you were like, I'm not going to tell you the title because it'll ruin it. You said that while the book Baba Yaga is actively directly in front of me, and the only title I can see is Baba Yaga, and there's a picture of an an angry old woman with wild white hair, and you're like, I'm not going to tell you, though, so you can guess. I didn't want to move the book, because I felt like if you hadn't seen it, you might not think to look. So it's I was like, I don't so want to draw attention clear to the right book. in front of me. I'm so sorry <laughs> if you that I'm not sneakier. <laughs> if you hadn't have said, I'm not going to tell you the book, I would not have even questioned it. Except that I was, <laughs> the second you said it, it was just like, Baba Yaga. <laughs> I guess I'm just a terrible liar. <laughs> Max and I are the, the are the doors that one of us tell the truth and one of us always lies. And I'm the liar. Mm-hmm. And How can if, you know? If you go into Janie's door, you can never leave. It's the Hotel California. <laughs> you can check in anytime you want in my room. <laughs> you can also check out. No, you can never you check out. Oh, uh, if they door... check out Max, they no longer have a room. I don't want them in my hotel. 
just wandering in the lobby. <laughs> what if they brought their bags out to the car and they're just partaking of the continental breakfast before they get back on the road? Forever? What do you think <laughs> I made of breakfast money? <laughs> A doorway into the Hotel California that's made of breakfast money. Whatever that means. It's just silver dollar pancakes. It's just a bunch of little English muffins that they continually pass back and forth between their grubby little hands. Forever, though. Forever! No, in my hotel, you can check in anytime you want, but you can never check out. You pay me forever. In my hotel... You can check out anytime you want. But and then you, you haunt the lobby. Leave. And also you can only check in between 3 p.m. and 11 p.m. <laughs> so we're different. <laughs> okay. And one of us only lies and one of us only tells the truth. Which one is it? You tell us. Honestly, in the Discord, drop. Which one do you think, which one of us do you think is the liar? It's Janie. Okay. I think that the obvious choice is Janie. <laughs> but I think the smarter choice is Max. Mm. Mm. But, Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I mean, we just proved that I'm a terrible liar. (laughs) Or did we? So the sister stumbles into the meadow. She sees a house on chicken legs. And as she enters the meadow, the house turns on its chicken legs to look at her. Hop, hop, hop. And inside of the house, there is a Baba Yaga. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read this this little... By the way, Baba Yaga, a class of witches. Uh, Yeah, so this book is Baba Yaga, the Wild Witch of the East in Russian Fairy Tales, introduced and translated by Sibylin Forrester. Mm. And... The introduction is super, super long, uh, and they go into all the different things about, like, the themes of Baba Yaga stories. They have a collection of Baba Yaga stories in here, but a lot of it is, like, analysis of, like, what is Baba Yaga. And they come to the conclusion in the introduction for this that it's, like, a class of being. So it's kind of like uh, Tommy DePaola's uh, Stregonona, where it's, like, Stregonona literally means, like, strange old woman, mm-hmm. uh, usually, like, a witch, basically. Um, but her name is also Stregonona. It's um, like how you can be a Dracula, but his name was also Dracula. <laughs> I suppose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, there are a bunch of different Baba Yagas. Just so uh, you know, my only other to. example that was in my head, Max, like, and I was like, don't say this one, because <laughs> the Dracula one is a hilarious joke that they'll understand as a joke. But my other one was like, how you can be an Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and he was also Abraham Lincoln. And I was like, no one's ever said that before. That's not a joke anyone knows. <laughs> if you told me that someone was an Abraham Lincoln, I would uh, not know what to think, except that maybe they're Abraham Lincoln. The. <laughs> 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 okay, but like, I would like to start. Here's my pitch, okay? Mm-hmm. A new race of people. <laughs> They're just Lincolns? They're Abraham Lincolns. No, I don't like that. Okay. That's well, too many Lincolns. I guess we know which one of us always lies. Was Abraham Lincoln the one that never lied? That was George <laughs> Washington. <laughs> this story is so short. Go I ahead. Swear to God. Go. <laughs> so she comes into the clearing. She sees the Baba Yaga in her hut. And I'm just going to read this. Inside the house sat a Baba Yaga... Sinewy snout, leg made of clay, which sinewy snout sounds really gross. It does. A <laughs> uh, leg made made of clay is just a prosthetic. Yeah, that's fine. Unless it's like just wet clay, <laughs> then mm. it's gross. Yeah, that's pretty gross. <laughs> but it makes the sound. Oh. <laughs> no, that's a custard custard sound. No, that's the wet clay on custard beach. <laughs> Ooh, wet clay on custard beach. <laughs> <laughs> I want to commission a an impressionistic oil portrait of wet clay on <laughs> custard beach. 
Here it is. Sinewy snout, leg made of clay. She was sitting there, and her little brother was on a bench playing with golden apples. Mm-hmm. So uh, the sister sees her little brother. He's sitting on a bench, and he has all these little golden apples that he's, like, rolling back and forth on the ground in front of him. Uh, and the Baba Yaga is just kind of pottering around nearby. Uh, preparing to eat that baby. <laughs> Presumably, because, you know, they eat kids. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. A Baba Yaga is a mysterious thing. You know what? It's a class of people, so they're all different. Or yeah. maybe stop being racist toward Baba Ra- Baba Ragas. <laughs> Baba Ramas. <laughs> Baba Rama is the Comic-Con of Baba Yaga. <laughs> I, uh, Baba Yaga Rama. <laughs> oh, okay. If we ever get so huge that we get to have our own weird festival, it's going to be called the Baba Yaga Rama. <laughs> I want that so badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I also might have to change my Discord name from Dr. Boobs, MD, DDS, oh, USD, to but you uh, are Baba Dr. Yaga Rama. <laughs> but you are Dr. Boobs. I know. Also, at Baba Yaga Rama, you get to dress up as your favorite characters from our podcast, and I want there to be a whole group of Abraham Lincolns. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and then I also want there to be 12 girls dressed like really sexy geese, and they are the Goose Patrol. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that. What if it's Goose Lincolns? That's not a thing. <laughs> what if you dressed up as a goose that was also a Lincoln? If you go to Baba Yaga Rama, you can check in. <laughs> <laughs> and you can check out. But you and you can leave. leave. But you can't leave between 3 and 11. <laughs> you have to leave before or after. <laughs> But oh. between 3 and 11, it's check-ins only. No checkouts. You can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have an emergency? Where's your doctor's note? <laughs> we can't read. Take it up with Jokes Dr. Boobs. <laughs> um, so this little girl sees her baby brother in like within the clutches of the Baba Yaga, basically. Yeah. Uh, and she takes in the scene before her, and she's like, how am I going to get him? And what she decides to do is she bolts into the clearing, <laughs> scoops him up, and runs. <laughs> Which is, there are other versions of this story where she goes in and she's like, Baba Yaga, you have to give me back my brother. And the Baba Yaga's like, well, you have to complete my trials first. And like, has, to, has her do like impossible tasks yeah. and everything like that. Which is something that happens a lot in Baba Yaga stories. But, I honestly, and also in the labyrinth. Yes. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I really respect, though, I feel like your chances are about the same, if not better, by just running and, like, <laughs> grabbing what you need and getting the fuck out. Because the Baba Yaga's tasks are supposed to be impossible. And also, I appreciate a succinct story. Yeah. I really do. Genuinely. Do I'm too. excited that you're telling this version. Yeah. Yeah. So she just runs in, <laughs> picks up her brother, and, like, <laughs> zips, zips right away <laughs> into the forest. And she starts running back towards home. Behind her, she hears the Baba Yaga screeching. Uh, and then the screeching... <laughs> melds together with the sound of a thunderous honking. That's no. <laughs> all of the geese and swans at Baba Yaga's control. Oh no. Take off and begin to pursue the sister as she's carrying her brother through the woods. So she's running, she's running, and the geese and the swans start catching up with her. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, she gets to the banks of the milk and custard river, mm-hmm. right? And she says, hide me, please help. And the river says, only if you eat my custard. Oh, <laughs> A callback! <laughs> um, it says, eat some of my custard. And she's like, okay, fine. And she like, yeah, slurp, she slurp, slurp. scoops up a fistful of custard and eats it. Ew. And then the river lets her like dive under 
the milk and hide at the bottom of the river. Uh, and so the geese and the swans fly overhead mm-hmm. and pass on. And so she comes out of the river with her little brother. Brother, She thanks the river. And then she keeps running, right? Mm-hmm. She keeps running and running and running. But at a certain point, the geese and swans realize that they're no longer following her. Mm-hmm. So they turn back around. <laughs> oh, God. Come back for her. They figure they lost her somewhere. So she's running. Uh, these geese and swans are now coming at her head first. Um, <laughs> she's like, we've got to find some place to hide. Uh, fortunately, she comes across the apple tree that she had encountered earlier. Oh, remember that guy? Yeah. And that she says, weirdo? apple tree, please hide me in your branches. The geese and the swans are coming. They want to take my brother. And the apple tree says, <coughs> eat my sour apples. <laughs> oh, God, they're sour now? Were they wild before? <laughs> eat my sour apples. <laughs> How do you like these apples? <laughs> and she's like, oh, fine. And, like pulls down an apple and chomps into it. Uh, And then the apple tree scoops her up into its branches and hides her from the geese and the swans. So the geese and swans pass over once again um, as she is hidden. And once it is safe, she comes out from the branches and keeps running towards home with her baby brother under Mm -hmm. her arm. I assume, like a football? Yeah. Um, Classic. That's how I hold my brother. (laughs) Um. (laughs) But once again, the geese and swans realize they are no longer in pursuit. Uh, So they turn around once again. So they are coming up behind her Mm -hmm. um, and she can hear their honks approaching and they get close enough that they, she can feel like their wing beats on her back. They're like so close behind her. This would be a really cool illustration. I got great news for you. Oh, yay! (laughs) There's so much art of this, uh, which I will show you momentarily. But um, so like she can feel their wings right behind her. Like she can see their horrible little goose teeth probably. Don't Google that. It's horrifying. They've got pretty great goose teeth. <laughs> and she comes upon the stove that she'd encountered at the beginning of her journey. I forgot that there's also a wild stove. The hedgehog and the apple tree in the river, they all make sense contextually. They are out in the wild. Who left a stove? You might as well say that she encountered, like, a loose toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing that, I mean... Yeah, I've seen a loose toilet seat just thrown into the woods. Mm-hmm. Terrific. A lot of times, actually. Yeah. Like, a weird number of times. Too many times, if I wanted to say. I've seen... I would say I've seen, like, six toilets in the woods. Six distinct toilets in the woods at various points in my life. Uh, <laughs> Maybe all, more. <laughs> all lined up next to each other in a row? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're part of the Goose Patrol. <laughs> That's the way the Goose Patrol uh, shits. <laughs> um, so she comes to the stove that she had encountered at the beginning of her journey, and she goes to dive into it and hide, and the stove says, Uh-uh-uh, not until you eat my nasty pastry. <laughs> Um, she says eat my rye pastry and she grabs it and she takes a bite and she dives into the stove and the stove closes and hides her from the geese and the swans the geese and the swans pass overhead and once it is safe she comes out uh, and she runs the rest of the way home with her baby brother Mm. and when she gets home perfect timing because her parents get home moments <laughs> after her, and they don't even know anything was wrong. Like in a Disney in Channel movie. Like in a Disney Channel movie. Like in a That's So Raven episode. That is like a That's So Raven episode. It is. That's Where so she, geese. she comes in <laughs> carrying... <laughs> so geese. So geese. <laughs> she comes in carrying Cory under her arm like a football. <laughs> she slides in through her front door like she's sliding across a baseball base. Baseball! <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I just got that. Genie! <laughs> oh, Lord. So, yeah, she gets home uh, just 
just in time to get her brother all situated before her parents come home and she doesn't even get in trouble and no one ever knows anything was wrong. The end. Okay, but the geese know where she lives. Mm, they're gonna get that baby. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna get that baby. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Labyrinth earlier on because I was thinking about that the whole time. It's yeah. just the story of like David Bowie's Labyrinth. Jim Henson's Labyrinth, I guess. No, <laughs> it's David Bowie's Labyrinth. <laughs> where she's like, I don't even care about my brother and then she has to go save him from... Um, yeah. Goblin, I guess. <laughs> yeah. A lot of similarities. The Goblin King. Yes, the Goblin King. I was trying to figure out if there was a parallel between the Goblin King and the Baba Yaga. She's not a witch, though. She's just a lady. Who oh. is a witch? Oh. She's not a goblin. <clears throat> oh, okay. Sorry. She's not a witch. She's just a lady who is a witch. <laughs> He's not an Abraham Leave Lincoln. Fuck He's a just a president who is Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. <laughs> I cannot. Okay, show me these pictures. So, um, in the Baba Yaga, the Wild Witch of the Eastern Russian Fairy Tales, they have a couple of pictures that they've taken from Russian folk art, specifically like painted lacquered boxes yeah. that are made in various regions of Russia. Um, so there are a couple of pieces of art that I think are very cool of the geese and the swans. Um, so we got a scroll uh, to the right. So, yeah. Wow. Be- Baba Yaga is hot. Yeah, that's a hot. That's a hot Yaga. <laughs> See, she has like the like Roman esque nose and giant hoop earrings, and mm-hmm. she's wearing arm garters. She's it's pretty sexy. I like that these swans are making like a circle around. This is gorgeous, right? Holy crap! Okay, holy cow! Oh, Pepper, <laughs> Pepper is on this one. <laughs> There's one of Baba Yaga, like, hunched over a big stew pot, and there's just a cat that looks exactly like Pepper sitting on top of Baba Yaga's shoulders, which is exactly what Pepper does. If she can get up on your back, she will just stay there. There's just also a bunch of, like, little mushrooms in these and gnarled old trees. They're her house in the back. Like, these are so great. Yeah, they're really beautiful. Like, which, oh, there's mushrooms in all of them, like the red-capped mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Oh, here she is, the little girl and her brother is over there just playing with an apple. (laughs) These are so good, right? Holy cow. So uh, we're going to post all of this on the Instagram, and you can also look them. I linked to the website that a lot of them are found on. Yeah. yeah we'll put all of these on the Instagram. These are I really like wild. that one. So we're looking at the, the round one. Yeah. Um, it's like a round box, and it has the story painted around the edges, and then in the center are, like, geese and swans. And I really like that one because, like you said, the geese know where she is now. It kind of implies, like, a cyclical nature to the story. It does. Of, like, she has to keep saving him. Like, when you there's constellation stories yes. but it's like literally watching it like just repeat themselves because constellations go in a circular motion around exactly yeah, yeah. which i think is is very cool so uh, a lot of really cool art for this story beautiful um, it's and also what a fun story <laughs> it's honktacular it's honktastic um it makes me want to watch the labyrinth god david bowie's the labyrinth <laughs> um i always want to watch david bowie's labyrinth that was a weird you you mentioned earlier, like, a weird sexual awakening. I know everyone had a weird sexual awakening about lab- Labyrinth, but, yeah. I, there was, was a my sexual of... awakening? It doesn't. Yeah. It wasn't Abraham Lincoln. Poison Ivy. Oh, yeah. It wasn't Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, David Bowie, just, God, what a hunk. Probably a bad yeah. person. What a hunk. <laughs> what a hunk. <laughs> Um, Thanks. <laughs> did you think you said hunk? Yes. 
you did not. <laughs> Whoops. Okay, well, um, what a honk. <laughs> what a honk. There was a brief period of time in my life where because I watched The Labyrinth and I was like, this is the hottest any person has ever been. There was a brief period of time where I was like, I'll only marry someone who can juggle. <laughs> that I was know. my takeaway. I thought you were going to say, I'll only marry somebody who dresses like that. And then I was like, oh, and then you grew up to be the person who dresses like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Max's whole sense of style has been directly influenced by oh, David 100%. Bowie's The Goblin King. God, it's it's equal parts the like flowy shirt, yeah. leather pants, yeah. crazy hair, bangles. eyeliner. Yeah, equal parts that and also Sarah, Sarah the baby, um, yeah. in the beginning where she's wearing her long fancy dress yeah. and she's like in the park and then she realizes <laughs> it's late and so she picks up her dress and she stuffes it into her jeans and then it just effortlessly becomes like a flowy top <laughs> with jeans god that's that's the real magic of that film honestly she doesn't have like big like m- muffin hips from where all of the skirt is bunched up <laughs> no because she's jennifer connelly she's jennifer connelly she's jennifer Con- connelly get also, her name out your mouth <laughs> also part of my sexual awakening a hundred percent i mean what a beautiful person yes okay she's such a brat in that movie yeah she's the worst because she can actually act she's not just like a pretty girl that they keep putting in stuff Mm -hmm. i was just thinking about her in requiem for a dream have you ever seen requiem for a dream i don't think so it's awful it's genuinely bad um it's one of those movies that i've used to confused with train spotting i think i've never seen train spotting but it's fine requiem for a dream is everyone cites that as like this is an amazing movie and like Jared Leto's in it. I think it's his first movie role. He's very young. He's super cute in it. Like, he looks like a baby. Mm. No, this is like... I will say Jared Leto. This is like when Jared Leto... We didn't know what he was yet. (laughs) This is when he was still in 30 Seconds to Mars, and he was my sexual awake. Honestly, Jared Leto in the From Yesterday video, they pull off his shirt at one point, and he's just super skinny. And he has, like, abs, but only because he's super skinny. And I was like, oh, man! Wow! <laughs> Pushing up my nerdy little glasses, like whoa, chugga chugga, <laughs> a wooga, hunk hunk, a wooga. <laughs> but Requiem for a Dream is just people taking drugs, and then all the bad things that can happen. It's like it's a rated R dare movie, right? So like one person loses a leg. Jennifer Connelly ends up in sex work at the end, and a bunch of old men tell her to go ass to ass with like a dildo and another girl. And like Ellen Bernstein, her fridge eats her. Uh, she's on speed because <laughs> she wants to be skinny and she misses something. Just like a bunch of weird things, weird things happen. One of the Wayans brothers in it and he dies. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's bad. Guys, it's bad. It's not a fun movie. But Jennifer Connelly, I just remember that was the first thing I ever saw her in. And she can act. She can act her little butt off. And at the end, she's butt to butt with another woman. <laughs> and she does. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yes, I'm, we, I made that story an hour too long, <laughs> but well, I loved it. Janie. Yeah. I would like to pitch a two panel comic to you. Okay. You know, in the Hercules movie where they're like, Hercules, I think you mean Honkules. Oh no. But it's Hercules. I think you mean Honkules. And, and then, then it's, it's just, just a goose. It's a goose wearing Hercules' outfit. Holding Meg above its, <laughs> above its head. In its talons. Flying <laughs> through the air. More like Honkulies. More like <laughs> Um, I might do that immediately. Please, for the love of God, do. <laughs> okay, well, let's take a break, and uh, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Bye! Tell me a story, bye! Tell me a story, bye! <laughs> I'm going to tell her a quick story off mic. <laughs> we'll 
see you guys And then the rest of it is just the sound of Janie drawing that. You can check out. (laughs) You can never leave. Max. I am Custard Beach. (laughs) Janie's really... um, Congested. Congested. No, and Rennie at the same time. Yeah, and she just said, I am full of custard. (laughs) And then started recording. And I'm not... I'm not ready. (laughs) Uh, Max, let me tell you a story. Okay. It's gonna be gross. It's gonna be so gross. Uh. Uh, So I got this book. I've been wanting to get it for a while, and I kept, like, putting it off because it's one of those, like, thin books. It's not like the classic, like, we get a bunch of anthology books, right? Like, filled with different cultures and lots of pictures sometimes, not always. But this one's pretty small, and it has a lot of pictures in it. And so I was worried that it was going to be more of a children's book. But I ended up getting it because it just kept getting recommended to me on thrift books and other sites that I go on to. Don't worry about it. (laughs) But it's called The People Could Fly, American Black Folk Tales Told by Virginia Hamilton, illustrated by Leo and Diane Dillon. I'll let you see this. Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I will say, I kept putting it off because I kept finding bigger anthology books that I was like, this is going to have a a wider range of stories. I, this is, I think, my new favorite book I have in my collection. Um, This is like the illustration style inside. It's so. I pretty. wish they were in color. They're all in black and white because you know that they were drawn in color. But it's also got some horror stories in it, as you can see. It's a walrus. Janie's afraid of walruses. I don't like anything. So- <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> so this book is full of specifically American black folk tales that were told by enslaved people, right? And so it's like the whole intro by Virginia Hamilton is like it's gorgeous, but she's talking about what it's like to, um, I gotta stop touching this microphone. (laughs) She's talking about what it's like for her, um, as like a black woman to write black folktales, right? Like stories that she has heard, that she has gone around collecting from different families because these were passed down generation to generation. She has a lot of Gullah tales here, um, which is Gullah is short for Angola people. And it's like a group of people that were brought over from, I believe, West Africa to the United States. And Max and I know, the name because we live in Savannah, Georgia, and there's a huge Gullah community very close to us. Yeah. Um, the and- Gullah community, I think, is primarily like Southeast United States. Um, yeah. So for the first time ever, because I was like, these stories are, you know, there's they're really, really well written, but there are a lot of them. She talks about how most of the like old like slave tales were written down by First of all, white people. She doesn't actually explicitly say this, but it's something you and I have talked about a bit. Yeah. They were collected by, like, white men who went and gathered the tales and then made a bunch of money off of, like, Mm -hmm. slave tales. You know, like, these are so fun. Like, all we know that, all all we know about, like, Briar Rabbit and, like, Uncle Tom, those are all written by, like, white people, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But they were not told by white people and they were not created by white people. And a lot of them, she said, became inaccessible because these white people were like, I'm going to write them in exactly like the language that I heard, or I'm going to like over-exaggerate the language they were using, meaning we had, they were almost unreadable. When you, when you hear them told, they were, you could understand them perfectly and there was a, a cadence to them. But she said that when they were written down by white people trying to basically affect black voices, th- it became unreadable. <laughs> she was like, that sucks. But so she... When she's writing down uh, the stories, she very specifically keeps in language that she thinks is useful and that she thinks is honest. So, like, she says, uh, bruh rabbit. Like, all of the bruhs, B-R, 
U-H, instead of brother rabbit and brother bear and brother lion. You know, it's all it's just like bruh rabbit, bruh bear, uh, he lion is one of them. So, yeah. But the language itself, like, it's it's readable, it's sweet, you can read this to children. Like, it's really well done. There's, like, a really nice blending of keeping the language and also adapting where need be. Yeah. When I was in elementary school up in Virginia, we read a bunch of Br'er Rabbit stories. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that Br'er was supposed to be, like, an um, like an affected version of brother. Uh, yeah. I well, thought that was his name. <laughs> Br'er Rabbit. Yeah, 100%. She also talks about, like, that's just another name for it, you know? But, yeah, mm-hmm. I had no idea it was brother either. Yeah. Um, but it's just really well done. But there's a couple... <laughs> I ended up reading several stories, which I hardly ever, like, go through and read several. If I find one I like, usually I'm like, yeah, that's the one. You know, we don't read the whole books. We just pick and choose because that's what this podcast is. Um, sometimes, I sometimes read a bunch of stories. Well, when you're looking for them. Yeah. But if I, usually I will, like, read until I find one I like and then I'll stop. And this one, yeah. I found the one I like and then I kept reading just to see what other ones were out there. Um, but nice. she has some collections of tales. So one of them is He Lion, Bra Bear, and Bra Rabbit. And it's a bunch of those like animal stories. And those ones are interesting too, because they, she talks about how enslaved people would tell these stories and it would always be a little wily guy, like a rabbit, right? Bra Rabbit became a symbol for enslaved people. And Bra Rabbit was usually running and outwitting and tricking larger animals that were really mean that were trying to eat him. And that became kind of the embodiment of slave owners. And so it was like, listen, this is really rough. But guess what? I have all of these tales about this little rabbit who does hilarious adventures and still has a great life and outwits all of these things and runs away and gets all this stuff. And it's like, well, these were slave tales told to many people of many ages, but also told to children of like, we can overcome anything. And like, there's a lot of hope there and also a lot of laughter. Um, There's another section called The Beautiful Girl of the Moon Tower and other tales of the real extravagant and fanciful. So there's like, this is like a fantasy sort of element of what we could have or Mm -hmm. what we had before. Uh, John and the Devil's Daughter and other tales of the supernatural. And there's a couple of devil stories, which are Mm. great. Carrying the Runaways and other slave tales of freedom is the last section. And I read a couple of these and I cried my eyes out because... This is this book. I almost told you one of these and I was like, oh no, because there's one, The People Could Fly, which is what this is called. This book is named after. These tales, every other one is like fanciful. It's fantasy. It's like magic and animals are talking. Isn't this fun? Carrying the Runaways are all just tales about enslaved people. And some of them are really funny. Like there's this like funny slave who like, Uh, won his freedom because he made his master laugh and the master had to let him go. And there's another little boy who found a a talking turtle and the turtle played the fiddle. And I almost told you that one because I was like, that's kind of weird. Like he keeps going back to the river and the turtle's like, you want to hear some music? (laughs) And the kid's like, wow. And then he goes and he's like, I bet I can win my freedom if I tell my master about this talking turtle. And so he goes to his master and he's like, I found a talking turtle. And the master's like, wow, you'll get your freedom if that's true. But if you're lying, I'm going to whip you so hard that you'll never be able to walk again. And the kid's like, okay. And then he brings him to the river and the turtle doesn't come out. And the guy has his whip and is like, oh my, it's traumatic. You're like, Jesus. oh my God. And you're just like the whole story, like my, I started crying. So I was like, oh no, like what's going to happen? Cause also it's real, you know? But yeah. then the turtle comes out and is like, ding, 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 don't hit that boy. <laughs> I'm in the Jesus. river just a little late. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was in the bathroom. <laughs> I had to use the little turtle's room. <laughs> Holy crap. Like, I was like, there, 
they're low-key super traumatizing. But the last one is The People Could Fly, and it's about how... I shouldn't tell you this whole story, but it's beautiful. The whole story is about how um, that, like, in these countries in Africa, there was a group of people who could fly. They could turn into big birds and they had beautiful wings but then when people came and started like grabbing them into slavery they couldn't tell the difference between the ones that had magic and the ones that didn't and so they ended up getting like caught in the ships and then the ships were so small and cramped and the conditions were so terrible that they lost their ability to fly on the way over and it was about like it follows first this girl in the field with a baby who's like exhausted and starving and she's been in the hot like sun and she can't stop because her baby's on her back crying and she can't stop working to feed her baby so the baby's just crying and the slave owner is like stop that baby from crying and then whips her and the baby yeah this is all in there and then she's like i can't survive and this old man's like okay well then uh, let's do it now and he says a little spell and she grows wings and she like starts to like run up like they describe her like it's almost like she's running upstairs that nobody can see and she's like tripping over them and trying to get up these like invisible stairs with her baby and then she ends up like jumping and growing wings and flying away and then the rest of the story is him saying the spell towards different people in the field and they're all like start to run up these invisible stairs and fly away (sighs) and like it's those are the people that have magic and then he ends up like laughing because they're like get that old man he's the one doing it and he's like ha and he like jumps in the air and he flies away and they have to leave behind all the people that don't have magic and they're all looking up like take us with you and he's like i can't but you'll be okay and then they told the story the people could fly as like there was magic people did get away there's all this stuff and i'm like fuck oh my god and it's beautiful but like i said i would just sat here crying so i'm not going to tell you any of those stories don't worry about it (laughs) don't worry about it so with that max get this book what i'm saying is please get this book like just can i just borrow yours or everyone you can borrow mine (laughs) i want everybody to buy this book it's written in the 80s i actually oh and virginia hamilton is no longer alive Uh, i got this at thrift books but in case you're wondering Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's she died in like like to support living authors when we can but yeah but it's fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. The, the story I'm going to tell you is a horror show. Good luck. Woo. It's called Wiley, His Mama, and the Hairy Man. The Hairy Man. Here's how it starts. Quote, now, facts are facts. Wiley was a boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here are some more facts. Uh, Wiley and his mom lived by themselves with just Wiley's dogs for company. They lived in, like, the middle of the swamp in, like, a little cottage. His father one day fell off a ferry boat and was never seen again. Don't worry about it, Max. Okay. <laughs> so they had looked sure. for his dad all the way down the river uh, after he fell off that ferry. They were, like, sure. in the pools of the sandbanks. They never found him. And then rumor had it that the reason why they never found him was because the hairy man got him. The ha- the hairy man in the river? The hairy man got him. The hairy man of the fairy? The hairy fairy man? <laughs> the hairy fairy man. <laughs> um, be wary of the hairy fairy man. <laughs> so Wiley's mother would tell him, Wiley, the hairy man's got your papa, and he's gone get you if you don't look out. By the way, I don't do this a whole lot, and I forgot that that was gonna that was in a thing, but she writes in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. For the quotes, not for the rest of the story. Yeah. Wiley would assure her that he had not, in fact, forgotten all the warnings. They're horrifying, and he grew up with them, so he's never gonna forget them. Is this a Sasquatch story? I don't know. Is it? Janie. <laughs> but Janie. He wasn't worried. <gasps> Janie. <laughs> he knew, as everyone did, 
that the hairy man hated hounds, didn't like dogs, not a dog person. And Wiley never went anywhere without his hound dogs, so he'd be fine. So Wiley's mom- mom, stop worrying. (laughs) God! (laughs) Wiley's mom was from the swamps near the Tom Bigby River, which runs through Mississippi and Alabama, so the story takes place somewhere in there. And she knew Conjure. And this is a quote. She knew how to lay tricks, put together charms, or take the tricks away. She could find a vein of water. She could see in front of her and behind her, and so was called a two-head. His mom's cool. So one day, Wiley went out with his axe to chop some poles for a hen roast. His dogs went with him, as they always did, but soon they caught the scent of a wild pig and went chasing after it. And soon they had run so far away that Wiley couldn't hear them anymore, and he thought to himself, Ooh, I sure hope the hairy man is somewhere far away and nowhere right here. (laughs) Wouldn't that be terrible? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably fine. He picked up his axe to begin chopping, but before he could swing it, he saw it. The The hairy man. The hairy man through the trees. He was, quote, just grinning at him. I'm going to show you a picture of what the, <laughs> I mean, I got to show you a picture of what the hairy man talks. Uh, I'm afraid like. of the hairy man. Um, yeah, you should be. I'm so afraid. Ah! God! <laughs> this is what the hairy man looks like. God! God! <laughs> God! <laughs> That looks like if a Sasquatch was not allowed within 500 feet of a school. (laughs) Yeah, he's got these, like, circle eyes with tiny little pupils and then just, like, really sharp teeth. He kind of looks like (laughs) Tepiglio. He looks a little bit like Tepiglio mixed with Shrek. (laughs) Just Shrekleo. Just Shrekleum for a dream. Just Shrekleum for a dream. Oh, God. (laughs) So, quote, Harry Man was ugly, even when he grinned. Yeah. He was coarse hairy all over. His eyes burned red as fire. He had great big teeth with spit all in his mouth and running down his chin. He was a terrible looking hairy man. Was he a guy or is he a, is he? We'll see. So Wiley told him, don't you look at me like that. Don't you come near me, which is fair. And then it says, quote, but the hairy man kept on coming and grinning. He's just like, he never blinks and he grins and just spit runs down as he like walks. And he walks slowly. So Wiley threw his axe down and scrambled up a tree, which is fucking fair. I He's, mean, I would keep the axe, but... <laughs> well, he couldn't, he couldn't get up the tree fast enough with the axe. Hold it in um, your mouth. So he saw that the hairy man had hooves, hooves like a cow's, which made him pretty confident that he couldn't climb trees, right? He's like, okay, not with those shoes. <laughs> I'm fine. As an added safety measure, Wiley climbed higher, though, until he was almost at the top, and then he stopped and looked down, and he saw that hairy man had continued to grin at him and had just approached the tree and looked up smiling and was just now like touching the trunk of the tree so wiley was like Uh, okay i'll go up to the very top (laughs) it's fine uh, he's just balancing at the top of a tree looking down at this thing that's just like wide grinning at him so the hairy man pulled out his croaker sack off his shoulder a what here's a note from virginia a croaker sack is just a sack to keep animals that make croaking sounds like a frog i think it has like kind of magical connotations too like that croaker sack is like kind of interesting to wiley automatically mm-hmm. so i'm wondering if it has some like ties to like conjure like they would also keep other things in there so he looked up at wiley and asked why are you climbing up that tree like just grinning and like calmly talking to him except his mouth is full of spit so he's like why are you climbing up that tree <laughs> <laughs> and so wiley responded that his mother had told him to stay far away from the hairy man he asked what the hairy man had in that croaker sack and the hairy man grinned wider and said haven't got nothing yet. Ah! Then, to Wiley's horror, the hairy man looked at the axe on the floor. 
and then looked back at him and grinned and then walked over and picked up the axe and swung it as hard as he could against the trunk of the tree. And it Ah! shook the entire tree. And he's just like smiling the whole time. So wood chips flew out and the tree shook. And Wiley held on as high as he could, and he hollered down, Fly, wood chips, fly! Go back in your same old place! And as soon as he had yelled it, the wood chips went right back into the tree trunk. Good as new. So Wiley's the son of a conjurer, yeah. right? Like, he, he knows some magic. So the hairy man fumed and stomped, and then he swung the axe again. And again, Wiley screamed out, Fly, wood chips, fly! Go back in your same old place! And so the two of them just went on like this for a while. But Wiley's voice eventually became hoarse from screaming, and the hairy man could chop real fast and so he couldn't yell fast enough and he wasn't like the hairy man was just like double as fast as wiley could scream this like spell so wiley was like i need to do something so he tells him i'll come down part way if you'll make this tree twice as big around like maybe i can get him to do magic or something and the hairy man (laughs) scoffed and continued swinging the axe and he said i bet you can't do it i bet you can't make it bigger (laughs) what if and the hairy man says oh i won't even try And then they went back to their original actions. Wiley has to keep hollering and praying that he can do this faster, and the hairy man's just chopping away. So Wiley was almost completely hoarse when he remembered something his mother had told him. She had said, quote, Tell the hairy man you're going to pray, and then call your dogs. So he told the hairy man, Stop swinging for a minute, I need to pray. And the hairy man did stop because he kind of knew what a prayer was in theory, but he had never actually heard one done. And I'm thinking he probably thinks it's some sort of magic, too, right? So he's like, huh. So he stops, and he listens. And Wiley puts his head down, his head down, you know, he puts his hands together. And then instead of praying, he's like, yeah, dogs, here, come on, come back here. And he just starts screaming for his dogs. And the hairy man laughs, and he shows off his giant teeth, and he says, oh, you got no dogs. I sent that wild pig to draw them off. (gasps) Yeah, he had planned this. The hairy man plans so god this is fucking terrifying so when uh, wiley starts yelling for his dogs again then they suddenly hear them barking off in the distance and they're clearly coming back around and so the hairy man looks a little worried and he says come down now and i'll teach you how to conjure like come on come on down i'll teach you magic and wiley's like nope my mom's a conjurer i can learn all the conjuring i want from her and the dogs are getting closer so the hairy man curses throws down the axe and then runs for the swamp so wiley As soon as his dogs get there, he comes down the tree and he runs home with them. And he tells his mom all about what had happened. And when he was finished with this horrifying story, I don't know why, but the hairy man changing his tactics to like try to bribe him down the tree really freaked me out. Terrifying. His mom asked if he had been carrying his croaker sack with him. And Wiley says, yes, him. And so she tells him, next time the hairy man comes after you. Next uh, time? (laughs) Don't climb the tree. And Wiley's like, okay. Well, that's fair because, yeah, the tree wasn't big enough to keep him fully away. I almost died. So, like, yeah, I would love another solution other than climbing a tree and being stuck while he chops it down. She shakes her head and she's like, no, 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 don't climb anything at all. Stay on the ground and say, hello, hairy man. And Wiley said, quote, no, (laughs) Sim. No. And so she tells him, you're not going to be hurt if you follow my instructions. And so she gives him all of these plans. And when she's done, he sighs. The plan sounded terrifying, but he trusted his mom. And also now he realizes this hairy man's gonna come back for him. Now he he wants him. Jesus. So the next day, he ties up his dog with some rope and he goes out into the swamp. He hadn't been there very long when he spotted the hairy man's wide grin in the trees. Like he's just back. <laughs> Quote, just as hairy all over and big teeth showing so wet. Wet. <laughs> Wiley almost jumped up another tree. (laughs) 
Wiley's very relatable to me. Wiley almost jumped up another tree, but forced himself to remain casual. He said, hello, hairy man. And the hairy man grinned back saying, hello, Wiley. Oh, and he knows his name. Mm-hmm. So it takes the sack off of his shoulder and starts to open it. But Wiley stopped him and he says, hey, um, I heard you were the best conjure doctor around. I bet you can't turn yourself into a giraffe. The hairy man laughed and said, well, that's easy. But Wiley looked at him skeptically and said, no, I bet you can't. So the hairy man twists and stretches until he had turned himself into a giraffe. And Wiley, Wiley looks up, slightly impressed, and said, okay, well, I bet you can't turn yourself into an alligator. And so he watches as the giraffe's legs twist and grow shorter as the skin grew rough and the snout stretched long until he was facing a giant alligator. And Wiley shakes his head and he's like, you know what I'm realizing now? It's easy to turn yourself into something as big or bigger than a man. I bet you can't turn yourself into like a small possum. And so the alligator twisted and grunted and got smaller and smaller until it was a possum. And as soon as it had completely transformed, Wiley grabbed it and threw it into the croaker sack. He tied up the sack tight and then threw it into the river. And then he started on his way home, right? He's like, ha drowned. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> but when he looked back into the trees, he was startled to see the hairy man grinning at him again. And he said, quote, I turned myself into the wind and blew on out of there. Wiley um, gulped. Hmm? Can you imagine, sorry, a giraffe, mm-hmm. but with big glowing red eyes and a huge, like, slobbery, shark-tooth <laughs> smile? Oh, no. Horrifying. Um, do you want to see the illustration for the... Yes. Oh, that's kind of cool. You can see his little face with his eyes and stuff like in the middle. Oh, I love that. These illustrations That's a fat are awesome. I love that possum. Yeah, I really like that possum too. Um, these illustrations are great. So, Wiley gulps uh, and says, "I guess you're pretty good at transformation, then. But I bet you're no good at making things disappear." And Harry Man was like like laughs and he's like no that's super that's obviously super easy and he, he's like look at that old bird's nest and when Wiley looks up there's no bird's nest and he's like I made that disappear and Wiley was like <laughs> want to see me run around the earth want to see me do it again <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what Wiley, Wiley says he's like no <laughs> I didn't even see there there probably wasn't a bird's nest up here you're not gonna trick me into thinking you know magic <laughs> right so he's really goading this guy and so Harry man keeps smiling and he says well then look at your shirt and Wiley saw that his shirt had disappeared. And I wrote, Harry Man, no! <laughs> Harry Man, no! Wiley was okay with this. This is what he had wanted. And then I wrote, Wiley, no! <laughs> <laughs> so Wiley said, that's just a shirt. But I have a rope around my pants here that has my mama's conjure on it. I bet you can't make it disappear. To which the Harry Man boasted he could make all the rope in the county disappear if he wanted. And Wiley laughs at him and he's like, no, you can't. That's stupid. And the uh, Harry Man throws back his head and yells, quote, from now on, all the rope in this county has gone and disappeared. So Wiley grabs at his pants before they can fall down <laughs> because the rope is gone now. And then he scampers up a tree as fast as he can. And the Harry Man like grins really wide and takes a step towards the tree and then Wiley calls for his dogs because his dogs have been tied up with oh, a rope. Smart boy! <laughs> the leashes have now disappeared. So the hairy man runs away again before the dogs could get him. And Wiley went home to tell his mom about the second terrifying encounter. He's like, Mom, it didn't work! <laughs> oh no! So she was super bummed out that he hadn't drowned to death in the sack, you know? Yeah. But she wasn't too worried. Wiley had fooled him twice now. If he could be fooled a third time, Harry Man would be forced to leave Wiley alone forever. Oh. Them's the magic rules. <laughs> Harry Man rules. <laughs> yeah. That's the law. <laughs> so she had to think of a plan. 
She sat for a long time with her chin in her hand, just thinking and thinking. And Wiley was like, well, I feel really vulnerable in this tiny little house in the middle of the swamp alone, so I'm just going to go fortify our home against the hairy man. (laughs) And so he takes his dogs out. He ties one... (gasps) What? Is the hairy man his dad? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to take him out for ice cream. (laughs) I just want to do it, play a catch. Oh, Um, no. (laughs) So uh, he takes his dogs out. He ties one near the back door and then one near the front door. So the the dog in front of each exit. He crosses the broom and an axe handle over the window. Then he builds a fire in the fireplace real big. So everything's covered. Then he sits down next to his mom to think. And finally, she got it. She told him to go to the pen and to get the baby pig. Womp womp. No. (laughs) We're not going to get attached to this pig. Don't worry. I'm already attached. I haven't named him. His name isn't Francis. My son. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you. So when he had brought the baby pig to her. uh, I just have to. uh, My dog, Francis, has the physical mannerisms of a little piglet. Yes. So anytime we see a pig, it always looks like Francis. Which I wasn't thinking about. (laughs) <laughs> Until you said that. So thanks. Oh. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple wild pigs here in Savannah that we see every once in a while. And they're little black pigs and they look just like Francis. They have his belly. Also, we saw a, <laughs> in the Three Musketeers movie, the 2011 movie starring all of our friends. Um, <laughs> there's just a random shot of like a marketplace. And in the corner, the camera pans just like really quickly past somebody doing like a pig roast with like a full pig on it. And like both a pig Max, on a spit. Yeah. And both Max and I were like... <gasps> He's eating pizzas. <laughs> My son. <laughs> okay. So she says, bring the baby pig to me. Just so you know, my autocorrect says, when he had brought the baby big to her. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big baby. He's a big baby. She told him to go to the hayloft and hide, and she'd take care of the rest. So he, like, books it to the hayloft. Sure. He has to leave the house and the protection of the dogs to get to the hayloft, though. Uh. Yeah, Wiley is having a bad week. Before long, the trees started to blow and shake in the howling wind. Wiley watched through a knothole in the, like, hayloft as the dog at the front door started just suddenly stopped barking and just started staring down the swamp. And he watched his dog's hairs go into, like, that mohawk thing on the mm-hmm. on his back. Um, And then a his ridge. lich... Yeah. Is what that's called. And then his lips draw back into a snarl. And from the woods, a great big animal, like as big as a mule, with horns on its head, suddenly burst through and tried to run past the dog to get to the house. And the dog started jumping and jumping and finally got loose off of its, like, rope and charged at the animal, or its chain, whatever it was on, and charged at the animal all the way through the swamp and disappeared. One dog is down. Jesus. The animal comes out again from the back this time. Like, clearly some magic is at foot. The... Is at foot. <laughs> Either a foot or at hand. <laughs> uh, magic is at foot. <laughs> the other dog got loose and chased it away. So the good news is that the big terrifying animal was not in the house. The bad news was the dogs are no longer guarding either of the doors. Terrified, Wiley listened as suddenly something slammed down with hooves on the roof of the house. It howled when it touched the hot chimney, and seeing that there was a fire in the fireplace, he had to watch as the hairy man jumped off the roof and knocked straight on the front door. And he said, quote, I've come to get your baby boy. Uh, ah. The hairy man taunted his mom, and she responded, quote, oh, you won't get my baby. And the hairy man told her if she didn't give him over, he'd bite her and poison her. And Wiley's mom said, oh, I'll bite you right back. <laughs> you want to fucking try me? I oh, love her. She's hot as shit. <laughs> So, 
They did this back and forth for a bit until the hairy man told her that if she gave her baby up, he'd go away and leave her alone forever. But if she didn't, he'd dry up the spring and send a field of bull weevils out of the ground to eat up every cotton ball she had. He's like, I will destroy you and I'll attack your business and your livelihood (laughs) to do it. So she sighs and she opens the door, right? And she's like, all right, the baby's just in there. It's in the bed. And so the hairy man no, rushed <laughs> the hairy man rushed into the house on his hooves. He rips back the covers on the bed and he saw that he had agreed to take the wrong baby. But Wiley's mom told him, quote, that little pig did belong to me before I gave it over to you, Mr. Hairy Man. Uh, and so tricked and outraged, the hairy man grabbed the pig and ran from the house. He knocked down trees and threw rocks and boulders as he raged. And the destruction he caused was as if a cyclone had torn through the swamp. But soon all was calm and quiet again. And Wiley came out and his mother told him, quote, old hairy man won't hurt you ever again because we did surely fool him three times. And that's the law. He doesn't want to get a hairy man citation. Yeah. Uh, if you're hoping to uh, fool anyone into not arresting you, you have to fool them three times. <laughs> it's uh, triple jeopardy. <laughs> it's triple jeopardy. <laughs> so here's a note. Virginia Hamilton calls this, quote, an exaggerated reality tale where the facts are altered by the use of magic and where the weak triumph over the strong. Virginia also notes that there is the added motif of, quote, the villain overcome by the hero's dogs. And that there is also a common motif of, quote, fooling the ogre three times, which we see in, I think, Parsonet, right? Doesn't she, in one of the versions of Parsonet, Rapunzel? I think so. She fools an ogre three times, like she throws three different things out yes. behind her. Um, That's also uh, specifically like the brush, the comb, and the um, mirror or something. Third thing. Yeah. yeah um, is also a trope in a lot of Baba Yaga stories. Yeah. And so it's also in like slavery era stories. You see that quite a bit, which is mm-hmm. kind of fun. Virginia Hamilton herself wrote 41 books, uh, mostly children's books. She won the U.S. National Book Award in category children's books for her 1972 book, M.C. Higgins, The Great. M.C. Higgins, Max Higgins, is it? It's interesting. Um, (laughs) She also won the Newbery Medal in 1975. She was awarded the International Hans Christian Andersen Award for writing children's literature in 1992 and the Laura Ingalls Wilder Award for her contributions to American children's literature in 1995. Mm -hmm. And on top of this, everything is great. You need to read this book. I recommend this is the book. I think this might be my biggest recommendation I've ever given. This is an amazing book to have on your shelf. It's good for kids. It's good for adults. It's good to just have. Also, this is what she looked like. Oh, beautiful. Isn't she a beautiful lady? Oh, I love it. She married a poet. Oh, (laughs) my heart. Um, Yeah. So the people could fly American black folktales told by Virginia Hamilton. It's great. She has a lot of intros into what kind of story you're going to be reading and where she gets them from. The back has a bibliography uh, if you want to read more about them and where she got her books because she does ethically source. 10, fucking 11 out of 10. Wow. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Terrifying. I I am was genuinely so afraid for that whole time. There's like, there's a trope in stories that we haven't seen too often in the stories that we've told. But the trope of, like, a house under siege, kind of, where it's like something is trying to get into your house. Yeah. And you have to outsmart it. Yeah. Because it is, like, a force of nature that is impossibly strong. I don't... I'm just thinking of this now, uh, how terrifying that is. Uh, And I would propose that we call it the Fright Night motif. The Fright Night motif! (laughs) (laughs) Of just, like, there is something outside of your house that is impossibly powerful, and that you have to outsmart or it will kill you. And, like, and the people you love. Yeah. And it's like you can't wait it out mm-hmm. and you can't 
you know, because it's like, it's also, there's no, inf- I tried to look up the hairy man. I tried to, and I just got a bunch of Sasquatch stories, right? <laughs> but yeah. he has kind of a Wendigo-esque terror. You don't really know what he does with people when he takes them. No. Does he eat them? Does he use them somehow? He clearly thinks and talks like a man. He also already got Wiley's dad and you don't know what he did with him. Yeah. And he's coming after the sun now. Is it a generational curse? Yeah. It also, it reminds me of, what, what, there was a story that you told, it was like 10 or 15 episodes ago. It was about like the girl who like had her cousin over for a sleepover and then yeah, she saw the man um, hiding under her bed. That was the r- Red Eyes, the French red story eyes. about Jean de Bort. Yes. Uh, it also reminded me of that with like the like switching tactics and everything like that, like, of the very clever, like. Those ones are too realistic. That's how serial killers actually get yeah. people. Cool. Well, Max, Janie, that was a fun episode, I think. Yeah, that was good. That nice. was good for me. We got a Baba Yaga and a Sasquatch. We got a Bob- the Baba Yaga An and evil a Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Yeah. And they're going to get married in the next episode, <laughs> so stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you enjoyed this, please consider leaving a review, five-star rating, if you will. Um, join our Discord and let us know what you thought about it. If you want to join our book club, we are reading, I am reading, Tam Lynn by Pamela Dean, and it is way better than I thought it was going to be. Turns out, not a bad book. Actually, kind of a fun book. Um, <laughs> so far. We'll see how I like it as I keep going. It's a big boy, though. So A big boy. I wasn't expecting it to be that big of a boy. Yeah. More like Tam Long. Tam Long. <laughs> His name is Thomas... Oh, Lane. His name is Thomas Lane, not Thomas Long. Cool. Uh, also... We're going to put all these pictures and stuff up on our Instagram. And there's a lot of pictures to show for this one. So if you want to see those, go on there. Somebody also requested in our Discord uh, for us to make a channel for all of our Instagram posts for people who don't have Instagram. So if you want those and you're not on Instagram, but you are on Discord, which seems crazy to me. Because <laughs> Discord is way less well known. <laughs> yeah, I was looking into figuring out how to set up like a automatic posting thing for that. So Okay. Cool. So we might have that by the time this episode comes out. Who knows? Yeah. It's the future. That's the future. The way of the future. The way (laughs) of the future. Cool. And with that, we love you guys. Have a great week. Have a great week. And thank you to Keith. Thank you to Keith. Okay. Bye. Max. Janie. Finally watched the Three Musketeer movies that I didn't know existed until a couple days ago. Yeah, the 2011 one with Logan Lerman and Orlando Bloom and Luke Evans and Christoph Waltz and Mia Jovovich. <laughs> so many people. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't I put together that that was Mia Jovovich? Oh, it was I really very obviously Mia I really Jovovich. didn't put that together. Really? Yeah. I thought that was another 90s actress. That's why I said she has a villain face. She does have a villain face. Yeah, but she's played things other than a villain. She's played Lilu and her Resident Evil characters. Yeah, evil and not. She never plays villain. She plays. Well, your point was that she. It seemed like she was playing like a love interest. That's true. She never plays like a puff, like piece. a normal girl. Yeah, like the. <laughs> she's not like other girls. She's not like other girls. She's Mia <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, this makes sense, guys. If you're thinking, I know how many secret <laughs> trap doors and hidden. A walls and shit there are in this movie. You are wrong. You need to multiply what you're thinking by 1,000. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot, and I love that I about like, it. It's generally one of my favorite movies of all time, I realized. Like, <laughs> I never think about it, but from moment one, just absolutely fucking perfect. I think they could have spent more time on Luke Evans' character. Yes. Actually, Porthos and Aramis, or whatever his name is. <laughs> Aramis? He, Artemis. He 
both of those, you didn't get anything about them. But at least with Porcos, you have <laughs> a backstory. Like, you have the funny backstory. Like, you don't, there's nothing dramatic going with him, you know? Yeah. Like, with him, you just see, like, oh, he's kind of funny. He's very strong. And he's a sugar baby. <laughs> That's what you need to know, because he's funny. But, mm-hmm. like, Luke Evans' character is depressed. And you get no backstory as to why. They're like, he's a priest, but he fucks. But he's sad. <laughs> why are you asking so many questions? We gave you everything. And I'm like, I didn't get enough. <laughs> Did you hear the line? Oh, God, it's. I think it's one of the coolest lines. This movie, genuinely, I love. Mm-hmm. I remember it being shittier than it was, but honestly, perfect. <laughs> uh, there was a line when he said um, he was. He said he realized that being a man of God and being a man of the cloth yeah. were not the same thing. Yeah. Where he was like, I, I am a man of God. Backstory. <laughs> I am stopping evil people, which I couldn't do as a man of the cloth, which is why he's no longer a priest. You just, I want to know why. At least with Athos. Athos? Mm-hmm. Athos, Porthos, and Aramis. And D'Artagnan are their names. At least with Athos, you have the backstory of why he's so depressed. But they also made Luke Evans depressed. And they don't give you any reason They're all why. depressed because the Three Musketeers are on their way out. No, you get, okay. So you get that as a whole. You get that, especially Porcos. He is depressed <laughs> that... He's like, you know, only one guy likes us and he's a teenager wearing puffy pants. Like, that's that's the whole thing. But, like, Luke Evans has a backstory that we are not getting. I guess I have to read the book? Ugh. <laughs> it literally didn't occur to me until this moment that you could... It, it's possible to just read the book of The Three Musketeers. <laughs> I was like, I guess we have to watch another Three Musketeers movie. <laughs> uh, we can watch the Chris O'Donnell one because it's hot Done. as shit. Done. And it has... um. John, uh, Oliver Twist? No. Oliver. Platt? Platt. I think it has Oliver Platt. Mm, I love Oliver Platt. And Chris O'Donnell. Oh, God, I love Chris O'Donnell. Then we should watch the Batman movie. Uh, My Sexual Awakening, <laughs> when I was like, what kind of woman do I want to grow up to be? And then I watched Poison Ivy make out with Chris O'Donnell and then go, ha, you've been poisoned through my lips. And then he was like, ha, I'm wearing chapstick. <laughs> I was like, that's what I want to be. I want to. I want to do all that, and yeah. I'm realizing now I just wanted to kiss Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> you can. There can be multiple parts of that that are appealing to you. I think. Yeah, I could be depressed for many reasons. Mm-hmm. You could, as <laughs> is proven by the Three Musketeers, 2011. Go watch. Lots it. of reasons to be depressed. Uh, by the way, oh, by the by the fucking way, uh, watching Logan Lerman in as D'Artagnan, this shitty fucking horrible horrible kid i hated him he was so cute watching (laughs) him it made me realize exactly why he was cast as percy jackson because d'artagnan is just perseus yeah i am freaking the fuck out over how that there's not even a little bit of a difference between the two characters what shitty teenage boys god they're so shitty (laughs) she said affectionately (laughs) perseus is the worstiest by the way you can buy a notebook at my store goodbye (laughs) uh we should probably check this That's like a five minute long outro.